Welcome to The Soul Connection, an exploration of the interconnectivity between our social influencers, physical and emotional well-being, with a spark of spirituality. Please welcome your host, The Soul Doctor, Dr. Christiane Lepertz, known as Dr. K. Welcome to The Soul Connection. We have a fantastic guest with us today. Of course, this show always, we, we deal with connecting how the body, soul, and spirit interacts with our social realm and the entertainment and politics is a huge part of what is driving America today. And I have a fantastic guest that embodies both. So <laughs> this is great. <laughs> this is a win-win. It is. Usually I get the politician or I get the entertainer. And now today I have both. So That's welcome, Thank Peter you. Weed. And you are running for District 10 in Florida, correct? Yes, Congress. Congressional District 10. And that's in Orlando. In Orlando. Basically Orlando, yeah. All right. And is this your first shot at politics? This is my first time running myself. I've worked on campaigns for other people since 2000. Okay. And what changed? Well, a lot changed. Look at where we are right now. Yeah? Yeah. Having been involved in my community for many years and doing what I can from the outside, I decided the next logical step was to get on the inside and see what I could do there. That is a great perspective. Mm. And I think it should motivate many people because you're not a lifer politician. You've worked on other people's campaigns, just kind of as a good guy. Mm -hmm. But you've also worked in your community. So I'm sure you've seen some changes over the years. Oh, many changes, especially in the Orlando area. Central Florida has changed drastically over these last three, four decades since I've been there. And that's motivated you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I know before we sat down and started this interview, Um, We've both worked extensively in our communities. Um, We have ministerial contacts Mm -hmm. that we've both worked with because I've worked with people in Orlando. And you were sharing some of your, how God has prepared you because now that you're out working as a campaigner for Mm -hmm. yourself, Mm -hmm. you are now going back to some of these places that you served when you served your community. Yes, exactly. It's kind of funny to look back and see how I was being shaped and molded over these years to do what I'm doing today and how it fits so well with what I'm doing today. And how you've your district is primarily a blue district, yep. correct? And correct. you're a red dis, you're you're a red, red candidate, candidate yeah, in a blue right. district. Yep. But yet for such a time as this, yep. all of these things that you've done in your life, you've mm-hmm. been a successful businessman. Mm-hmm. In Orlando, you've yeah. served the homeless, you've served mm-hmm. at bread yeah. kitchen or soup kitchens, yeah. you've handed you've been the bread guy. Um you, many different things, yes. And a film producer, which mm-hmm. we're gonna get into. Yeah. And that's what I meant about the entertainment side. So we'll get into sure. that as well. Mm-hmm. So you've worn so many hats over the years, mm-hmm. and now you get to combine all of it to serve yeah. our country. Yes. Hopefully so. What an honor. Well, we're just going to stand and declare Yes, we are. We're going to believe and stand on it. Well, you gave me an inspirational story about how you were planning on visiting a church in your district. Mm -hmm. And although you were a red candidate and the wife of the pastor said. Yes, she said, don't meet with that guy. (laughs) (laughs) And he told me he'd give me 10 minutes to talk. And I opened with basically who I am, what I've done in the area that he was familiar with. And immediately it changed the entire tone of the meeting. And that particular meeting ended with him and I hugging in tears, joyful tears and praying, praising God and him saying, you have not only my vote, but you have my endorsement, whatever I can do to help you to get elected. I'm going to do. Because people are starting to see beyond Labels? Yeah, yeah, beyond color, beyond labels, beyond the stigma that we put on each other, I guess. Or stereotype. Stereotype, yeah. You know, the world is in a place where people are backbiting each each other over ridiculousness. And, you know, God put us here to uplift one another, to support one another, to love one another. What's the, the great commandment to go make disciples and to love one another? And people get confused. They think for some reason that the opposite of love is hate. When the opposite of love isn't hate, the opposite of love is selfish. 
Mm. Selfless is love, giving, mm. doing for others. Selfish me, mine, give me. And yes. that's the opposite of love. And people get confused and don't understand that it's truly a good versus evil context that we're dealing with. Yes, it really is. It, it really is. is. And I love how you said, remember the guy that was giving out bread? Yeah. That was me. That was me. Yes. I did so many things over the past 30 plus years in the community. I've helped homeless people to literally get off the street and get into a residence, get a driver's license, get transportation, get employment, become a, a, a normal citizen, what we consider normal citizen in society. And I've watched the, some of these people turn around and help other people to mm -hmm. do the same thing, which is paying it forward, which is so wonderful. That's what it's all about. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. And you know, getting into Congress for me is an opportunity to take that smaller step that I've been doing for decades now and to move it into a larger step with helping the nation. That is phenomenal. Well, you know, I really do believe this is a, a time when God is flipping the script. Yep. All those people that labored in the trenches mm -hmm. just did the right thing because mm -hmm. it was the right yep. thing. Mm -hmm. I believe that you will win because it is now your time to instead of being laboring in the trenches, you're going to be have that wisdom that mm -hmm. you got there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. you really start to learn mm -hmm. the severity of people's yes. problems yeah. in those trenches. Sure. So that you know when you go and God brings you to another place, mm -hmm. what you have to deal with, what you have to address. Yeah. Well, those who are faithful with little, you will give more. Yes, he will. Exactly. He will. And I truly believe, and this is, you know my honest belief that the decision has already been made. God's been there. He knows he picks and chooses who the leaders will be and who to remove from power. Mm -hmm. And I believe he's made the decision. We just have to go out and go through the steps that we, we need do. to, to get to that point. We do. Yeah. We have to claim our blessings. Yep, exactly. Um, you know, a lot of the times I've heard even from the pulpit, some escapism type mentality that we're just going to be, ushered off yep. and we don't have to stand up and and fight for what is ours but really we do we have yeah. to make a stand we do we absolutely have to make a stand you know it again we read the back of the book we know how it ends but things are going to get worse before they get better but we are supposed to do what we can do to make it better and to bring as many out of evil and into the good as we can because that's the heart of god that is absolutely. definitely definitely yeah well, I want to touch on your film producing years because sure. you have been very influential in the entertainment sector. I'm excited that we're talking about working on a project together. This, yes. is, this is going to be good. It will really be good. Yeah. So you bring a touch of just flair. And I'm just humbled and honored that you're here today. And we're actually talking about how we can co-labor and creating a project that really, you know, yes, it'll bring education. Yes, it'll bring revelation. Yes, you know, our both of our goals is we want people to fall in love with America. Yes. Absolutely. Once again. Yep. Because absolutely. it is a great nation and we come from good stock. Greatest in history and it will continue to be as long as we do the right thing. But we have to also as Christians, as believers, we have to program that into the heavenlies. Yes, we absolutely do. And instead of stop agreeing with hell, let's pull down heaven. Yes. Exactly. And that's why I'm really excited about being able to work with you. This is phenomenal. So tell us a little bit about your, your past successes and some of the projects you've been involved with. Well, I've worked on uh, a lot of different projects. Um, I mainly want to focus on what I refer to as God-honoring projects. But at the beginning of my career, I went to film school. I got a degree in film technology. I worked on secular movies, uh, a lot of movies that people have probably seen, uh, Snow Dogs, Ali, all about the Benjamins. Uh, we were in Florida, which is not a specifically film-friendly state, but when projects do come through here, uh, at that time, I was generally called immediately to go work on those types of things. So that was the experience with those. However, I really, really want to focus on reaching people through film for the cause of Christ. Yes. That's my, my main goal. You know, more of a seed planter and... Mm -hmm. So not the Jesus film, but films that have all the quality of good dramas, romances, uh, action, adventure, but that 
touch somebody at their heart and plants those seeds. Yeah. And I think people are hungry for that. They absolutely are. So, you know, you're, you're touching on these major spheres of influence in the country Mm -hmm. and God has really entrusted you with a high level of authority now. Yeah, he really has. And I don't know why, to be perfectly (laughs) honest with you, and look throughout history in the Bible and God picks some of these, the, you know, picks murderers and adulterers and prostitutes and all these people to do these incredibly wonderful and great things. I'm like, who am I, Lord? I'm nobody. I'm the least of these. And yet that's what he seems to do is pick those people to do something incredible. And I don't know why, but he does. Well, I think your best years are still ahead of you. Oh, I think so too. And I'm very excited to see how things will shake out, both Mm -hmm. on the campaign trail, um, how we're going to work together Mm -hmm. on a Restore America type project, put it into film. Very exciting. And the new season that's ahead of us. Yes. I know we have a bit of pain yet as a Mm -hmm. nation to, to move through. Yeah. But on the other side of this, we need the everyday person yeah. to start standing up. That sure. end of the career politician mm-hmm. that is bought and paid for. Now, I'm not against people who have been in office for a while who really are serving the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I went out to Arizona recently. I helped with Nancy Senator Nancy Bartow's fundraiser for her campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, It was basically making people aware of her work. Mm -hmm. And I don't have a problem with that because that lady has put forth so many different bills that protect people's right to choose in the health and medical Mm -hmm. arena, where in Florida, we're really locked up Mm -hmm. as an AMA state, which Mm -hmm. means America Medical Association pretty much has us all locked up. In Arizona, she's been able to really plow some inroads Mm -hmm. with some bills, which should honestly go on a nationwide Mm -hmm. Nationwide basis. Oh, absolutely. Because if we don't like what one system is doing, Mm -hmm. and as our healthcare is becoming more and more cookbook, Mm -hmm. even Mm -hmm. the doctors don't like it. I know a lot of doctors who have retired in this season. Don't blame them. Because they don't get a chance to be doctor anymore. No, that's right. They have to follow a cookbook. So what was the point of going through all these years of education? We have to get back to a patient-doctor relationship where the two of you are deciding what you're going to be doing and not the government telling you what you can and can't do. Right. Absolutely. And and even um, there are naturopaths and Mm -hmm. practitioners that are free to work in Florida Mm -hmm. or, excuse me, Arizona, Arizona, that aren't free to work here unless they're an MD or a DF. Yeah. And we were even talking about things like acupuncture. Well, Mm -hmm. acupuncture, if you came from China and that was your family's profession, Mm -hmm. you grew up, you're raised and you come here to Florida, guess what? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I've dealt with many people with the same issues I have. There are people who are licensed doctors or architects or engineers that coming from Venezuela, escaping that horrible system down there. And they come here and they have to work as a waiter or a waitress at a restaurant because they can't transfer their documents from there to here. They want them to go to school, here, start all over again, as if they had never done it before, right. to get their degree before they could practice here, which is ridiculous. It is. And, and honestly, I mean, every there's been so much overreach on every level. Even I honestly believe that deed-restricted communities are mm-hmm. against our amendment rights, because yeah wasn't it was romanticized when they changed the wording from right to bear title yes to the right to to be happy right, yes, right. and exactly. i wish they would have left it in its original intention sure because deed restricted any type of deed restrictions comes between me and yep. my right to bear deed yes and it's a restriction that shouldn't exist that shouldn't exist yes where did your freedom go and I talk about a lot of these different subjects because people need to be aware little by little by little, every hair on our head is somebody's profit center. Mm-hmm. Unless they go to a school, yeah. pay a fee, pay a business license, mm-hmm. get a certificate, mm-hmm. they could be the worst hairdresser on the face of the planet, mm-hmm. but they jump through the yep. hoops and they get, and now they have permission to cut people's hair. Yeah. Yeah. When my sister, um, she, she hasn't practiced that in a while. You know, legally, she couldn't go do it, even if she's the best, best hair yeah. mm-hmm. dresser on the planet. Yeah, sure. 
and they keep adding more and more restrictions to everything. You know, eventually you're going to have to have a license just to be able to paint the house. I mean, it's ridiculous. That well, it's, yes, actually you have to have permission in my HOA. That, as well. <laughs> Seriously. It's, it's, it's just beyond crazy. I have to tell you this for real true story. Mm-hmm. So I had a roof that had to be fixed. It was a 20 year old roof and some of the shingles were getting discolored. And so I'm working with the HOA for a date and they're not, getting back to me mm-hmm. to give me a date and give me my approval. Well, then the, the roofer guy says, no, we'll do all that. So they're not getting back to them. Meanwhile, they're sending me nasty grams trying to tell me to go up and scrub the shingles that are actually, they lost the color because they're so old. Mm-hmm. They're, they're pulling up into my driveway to send me a nasty gram with a threat of a fine. Yep. Meanwhile, I'm trying to get permission to put a new roof on to my house and we have rainy season in Florida, as you well know, oh, and I have leaks. Yep, there you go. It was absolutely crazy. Yep. So I'm really praying that some of some of these people stand up and say, enough is enough. We Are we not a free country? Well, we used to be. We have to get back to it. And again, more regulations and the ridiculousness. I mean, look at the situation with the oil right now. It's yes. unbelievable. And it's not just the fact that they shut down the pipeline. It's the fact that they are restricting the number of leases to go out. The regulations they have put in place for the existing leases are unbearable. The oil companies can't produce more more pumping and Mm -hmm. more oil, Mm -hmm. which is what we need them to be doing because the price of everything that we buy, it comes on a truck Mm -hmm. and it's inflated by the cost of fuel. And that's, it's a ridiculous situation. And when I hear the president of the United States get on television and bold-faced lie, I'm doing everything I can to bring the cost of gas down when we know it's up because of his policies. Right. It just disgusts me to a point of frustration. Well, it's disgusting a lot of people. I have to share this funny little story. So over Easter, I was in Arizona and around the table, I have a cousin who was telling funny stories And so he was telling me about how he was driving through Phoenix and he needed some fuel. So he pulls in and he pulls up to one of those pumps with a picture of Biden. I don't even call him. (laughs) I don't even call him the president because honestly, I I firmly believe they stole the election. That's my personal belief. So uh, there's a picture of Biden and he's pointing Pointing. at the thing saying, I I did did that, that, right? And so my cousin is overhearing two people on the other side of the pump. And this was in a blue district. And so he's hearing them complain. So he walks around the pump and says, well, you know, there's plenty of room at my party. And the two ladies said, yeah, if Biden would show his face around here, we'd put a cap in his. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, everyday Americans are fed up. And I think that's honestly where people such as yourself really doesn't matter that you are a red candidate and blue district if you really care Mm -hmm. about the country and the people. Yeah. Yeah. People are fed up. They're looking for a change. They're looking for a change. And for the Christian community, the Christian community does have to stop being apathetic. Yes, absolutely. They have to get involved. They have to, you know, the, the without trying to cause a wildfire here, this, this <laughs> nonsense about the separation of church and state, which I can't find anywhere in the Bible personally. I mean, they utilize the, the scripture about, you know, pay your taxes to Caesar. It doesn't say anything about separating the church from the state. The Bible that I read says God chooses the leaders and who's going to be in place and who's going to be taken out of place. So if anything, there's a, a jointing of the mm-hmm. church and state. And for people to be afraid that the church is going to lose their their tax exemption status, which Johnson put into place in the 60s by saying anything positive about supporting a particular candidate or party is just ridiculous. Right. And I find it very offensive. And that's just one more freedom that has been taken away from us. Yeah. Or threatened to be taken away from us. Right. By, you know, these laws and regulations. Agreed. Agreed. And, um, Honestly, that whole tax exemption thing, unless you have a mortgage on your house, most people don't reach the threshold to even use yep. that tra- tax exemption yep, in the first place. Yep, that's exactly right. So it's, it is kind of an idle threat. 
Sure. It's only for homeowners that are writing off significant mortgage interest. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, your standard deduction is usually greater and you didn't need it. Yes. So, but when I talk about the church, I'm actually not talking about the physical structure Mm -hmm. or one given denomination. Yeah. You're talking about the body. I'm talking about the people. And we got to stop thinking about a building, a denomination, a business structure, a donation base. Mm -hmm. But I'm talking personalizing, motivating the people. Okay, these, and it's not to go hit people on the head with, you know, biblical Mm -hmm. Bibles and and stuff, but it's to carry the character Mm -hmm. forward. Yes. And, you know, the teachers that have a spiritual foundation, hey, take that with instead of going and conforming mm-hmm. to what's already there. Yeah. And maybe we could shake things up a bit because if enough of us did this, yes. we wouldn't be in this situation because they couldn't threaten. Yeah. You know, well that that's part of the problem is the fear mongering that they that they thrive on. You know, just this past election, I had my camo Trump 2020 hat on in the grocery store. <laughs> yeah. And I was standing at the meat counter waiting for the elderly lady in front of me to finish. And she finished and she was turning around to walk away and she stopped and she leaned up and whispered into my ear, whispered into my ear, thank you for wearing that hat. I would like to, but I'm afraid. Oh, wow. And it broke my heart. When did we become a country that you can't put on a pin or a hat or something and say, this is who I stand for. This is my candidate. This is who I'm supporting without having to be afraid of being attacked. That's not the United States of America that I love. That's not the country that I grew up in. This is you. We should be able to come together and have a disagreement and say, okay, you like this one. I like that one. That's okay. And we shake hands and walk away. And that's okay. That's that's the civility of what we've lived with. And to get to the point that we are right now where people are afraid to put on a shirt with a name or a hat with a name on it because they might be attacked. Look at what's going on today with the Supreme Court justices having their houses petitioned or protested against, Yes, which is illegal because they're justices of the Supreme Court. It's illegal to protest at their house, but they're still doing it. With no consequence? At this point. (laughs) Well, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Because, you know, it's just horrible that we've gotten to the point where we're at. I grew up in my generation and I'm a little older. I was in the 60s and 70s. And in the 60s, we had race riots. We had a lot of issues that we were dealing with. We had pollution that was rampant. We had the Indian paddling down the river with a canoe with a tear running down his eye, looking at the litter on the side of the, the road. And we... I remember doing, you know, these cleanup walks that we used to do mm-hmm. in high school and picking up the litter and picking up the trash. And we put trash bags in our car instead of throwing things out the window. And people came together, different people of different races started enjoying each other's cultures. And we had, had this brotherly, wonderful love that we were sharing. We did have a Jesus movement yes. during those days with a revival and things got better not worse. And the younger people today don't know any of that happened. They don't know that existed and they didn't see that evolution that we came through from this to that. And here we are back at this again, Mm -hmm. like we're starting all over again with a bunch of young people who didn't live through it. And they're starting from scratch thinking, well, these people aren't like me, so I'm different and, and, and so on and so on. And we're all the divisiveness that's going on out there which really truly needs to end. Well, personally, I, I have a problem with the school system, education system, creating that. And what they don't understand, and this is part of the outreach I was telling you that we were creating right before the whole COVID shutdown, Mm -hmm. which basically was disastrous Mm -hmm. to a lot of outreaches. Um, But I do believe that this will be something that will move forward, but it was an outreach that showed how giving those negative messages to young people mm-hmm. actually facilitated yep. cognitive mm-hmm. dysfunction. Yep. And you could see on brain spec images mm-hmm. that the brain begins to immediately retract when it is given hateful, harmful mm-hmm. input. And you film the brain yep. in that condition mm-hmm. and then you film it 
when you start filling yep. it with positive things and it yep. immediately starts to expand, expand. And, that's and we caught it. Yeah. And, and that was part of our outreach because you got to put the stuff the the teachers themselves we're now into a generation where yep. they have been given textbooks that are our textbook system has been taken mm-hmm. over yeah. in general yep. where this type of practical knowledge, this is what I call it, practical yeah. knowledge of science yeah. isn't really found. Right. So I'm really praying, you know, one of my prayers is, is everything that we work on, whether it's a film project, I'll have a book coming out that all of it will be able to positively impact the educational system. Yes, which it desperately needs right now. It really does. It yes. really does. Because those people become the future voters. They yep. become... Right. You know yeah. the future future decision makers yes, in this country, exactly the future and, lawmakers, exactly. and that's why when we're talking about this film project, I'm I'm talking to you about you know there's an underlying theme that I want to bring across, and it's covenant. Mm-hmm. These are some basic core values that America's lost, yes. and they don't understand what's in it for them. Yep. Well, and, if you remember, in the '60s, they took God out of the schools. Now they've taken God out of the workplace. They don't want you to talk about God at work. They don't want you to pray over a sports events. They don't want you, they don't want God in anything because they want to be God. And they can't be God if there is a, already a real God. And, you know, this whole thing about, you know, my body, my choice. Well, my body belongs to God. Mm-hmm. And it's not my choice. It's what God wants me to do with my body. I know I'm not a woman and I'm not, not going to get pregnant, obviously. But God made everybody. And, God did make everybody. And, and, you know, everybody's body technically, belong, whether they know it or not, belongs to God. And mm-hmm. those are the choices we're supposed to be making and what we do with our bodies as far as anything goes. Yeah, it's a very hot, contentious topic today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But personally, I believe the choice mm-hmm. is what we decide to do with our bodies, not the consequence. You know, the consequences right. happen. The consequence happens, right. But and, you have the choice of what to do with it. Yeah. And sometimes those are our learning events. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I know, yeah. you know, by having a child myself, mm-hmm. that that was the biggest grow up moment in my life. I bet it was. <laughs> and, As a matter of fact, that was for me, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I, I can remember a Christmas Eve party when my first son was born and I'm sitting there holding the baby. And now you have to understand who I was. I was the leather jacket, hot rotten maniac with the long hair. <laughs> and here I am holding this little infant baby wrapped in a blanket and, you know, running my finger on his cheek. And my uncle walked in and he almost had a heart attack. Says, whoa, mm-hmm. holy moly, is that you? <laughs> Couldn't believe it. But you grow up really quick when you have a child. Yeah, you do. And that can be at any age, 20, 40. Yep. I've met very mature 20 year olds and I've met very immature Immature. 60 year olds, you know, Uh, it's really not age specific, but it really is. um, I like that self versus selfishness, you Mm -hmm. know, or or selflessness. And it really is the more selfless you are. Mm -hmm. That's the great teacher uh, that the children have as a baby. They're the great teacher of teaching you. What is selfish and what is selfless? Yeah, yeah. They'll be known by their fruit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm really excited to to be able to follow your campaign. Um, well, tell the you. people how they can get a hold of you, how they can help out, yeah, well, my, cheer you on. Well, my, my last name really is Weed, W-E-E-D. <laughs> and so the campaign website is weedforcongress.com. And you could use the number four or the word four. They both work. And it has a lot of information over there. Uh, Anybody wants to get involved can go there and help us out. We'd appreciate it. And I guess that also, do do people ask you about your last name? (laughs) All the time. You know, they say that a politician's greatest asset is name recognition. Okay. Everybody knows weed. (laughs) (laughs) So people say you're going to vote for that weed guy. And they do. They do. And they, and and, you know, it's funny because again, I meet with a lot of different people, a lot of different ages, a lot of different types. And I've met some very young, very liberal people who are, well, you're kind of cool, man. I'm going to vote for you. Yeah. I have one young man ask me if uh, he said, if I vote for you, will you adopt me so I could change my name to we? <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, you know, we're playing it to the limit. 
You are playing it. That's good. Sure. Give us one more story. I know you talked about the, the people when you came out of the grocery store. I don't know if mm-hmm. you, you've got. Uh, oh, gosh, there's so many. Um, there are many people on the other side of the aisle that are hungry and wanting things to change. Uh, I mentioned the four guys just this morning, but that, that happens almost every day where I will. And I will talk to everybody and I will talk to anybody. There was one fellow I'm walking through a neighborhood and I'm doing my petition, Jeff, to have so many petitions to get on the ballot. And he saw me walking up and, and he was a gentleman of color, very six foot five, 280 pounds, very well-built man. And he saw me coming up the road. And as soon as he saw, you know, Republican said, just went off on his little rant about, you know, this and that and the other thing. And uh, it was funny. He had his uh, Cadillac Escalade in the driveway. He opens the hatch, pulls out two lawn chairs, have a seat. Let's talk. Oh, wow. Right. Let's talk. Because when he approached me and he started being all negative, and I said, well, you don't really know me, do you? You're talking about what you think that party is all about. And he opened the hatch, pulled the chairs out, sat down. And I'm not exaggerating when I tell you 30 minutes later, you know, we had an incredibly great conversation. And he realized that I'm out to help everybody. And I shared some of the stories of people that I had helped. That mm-hmm. it doesn't matter about where you are, color, race, sexual orientation, whatever. We're, we're a congressman for everybody. Yes. And we're supposed to uplift each other. That means everybody. Yes. And I've done so much to help so many different people from so many different persuasions that it relates to people. And by the end of the conversation, he was like, all right, well, you got my support. And he, you know, I have my cell phone number on my business cards that I hand out to everybody. And it comes directly to me. It doesn't go to a staffer. It doesn't go to an office. It doesn't go anywhere else. It comes to me. And I tell everybody I talk to. If you need something from me, if there's something I can do for you, call me, call me direct. My phone's on 24 seven. And I've had people call at two in the morning and ask a question and I answer the phone. And I thought that's amazing. That's what it's all about. It's about doing the job. And the job is representing the people of the people, by the people, for the people, for the people, for the people. Get that not over the people. It's not ruling the people. It's representing the people. And some of these lifelong politicians, unfortunately, feel that they are a ruler over us and we're going to do it their way, whether they like it or not. And that's not what it's about. And that's what I'm looking to change. That is great. And that's why I'm running. And we need more Peter Weeds out there. We do. We, need we do. That we- are going to represent the people for the good of people. Yes. Yeah. And what Senator Bartow, she's made a, a very, very astute comment because she's going into her 17th season, I believe she said. Mm-hmm. And that lady has been a fighter for the people. She, oh, you you meet mean. her. Mm-hmm. She's very genuine. Mm-hmm. You can pick it up. Yeah. You can just sense the people's sense spirit. It, sure. really. yeah. And she says, you know, it's not so much the term limits, but it's the weebies. And I said, the what? She said, it's the weebies. I said, okay, well, I guess you need to tell me what a weebie is. She says, well, that's the weebie before you and we be here after you. Those are the ones that you need to really deal with. And that is the truth. It is Because, you know, like I told you, I have a number of friends that are running for Congress. Mm -hmm. And another one said to me, hey, they said, you know, the, the, uh, People who organize the offices of Congress called him and said, well, in case you win, we have a staff ready for you. We have blah, blah, blah. They had already picked out everything for him to just walk into. And he said, no, you don't. (laughs) No, you don't. Because it's it's the Wheaties. It is. And it is so true. It is. Absolutely. That's why we need to. Clean that up. We need to clean that up because if you don't have people who are loyal to you, how do you know what they're going to put in your the bills that you're going to be sponsoring? Exactly. Exactly. And so, you know, Trump drained the swamp. Well, he's in the process. We're going to weed it out. We're going to weed it out. <laughs> yes. That's so good. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for your time. Well, I'm Christy, really thank you excited so much for your time as well. Truly appreciate you. Be working with you in this next season and uh Hopefully I can connect you with some like-minded people as well. That would be great. And same here. All right. Well, God bless. And you too.
follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. The Soul Connection with Dr. K hosts a forum of expert guests that showcase popular topics that can impact the soul. Weekly, Our Soul Doctor connects with authors, medical professionals, and leaders that share expertise and testimonials. Check out our growing community on site at soulconnectionusa.com. Tune in to Feed the Soul Live every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time, or listen on your time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But don't forget to make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. You are listening to The Soul Connection. If you would like to call in during the show, call us at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to soulconnectionusa at protonmail.com. And now, back to this week's show. Welcome, Xavier and Jonathan Garcia from Mount Harvest Films and... I asked you to join us on the heels of Peter Weed's interview. Peter is a film director and has had sensational shows. Uh, Snow Dogs was one of the ones he had cited. Ali with Will Smith, all about the Benjamins. And he is excited to do a project with us. And it was so great to, to meet with him and then be able to come on with you and talk about you know, some of the things that you're doing and some of what we're looking at doing together as a, as a project, because there really is a national call, almost a cry to restore the foundation of America so people really understand what is so great about this country. And why would a, a Peter Weed, who is a successful businessman and filmmaker, what would motivate him to all of a sudden go, I'm going to run for Congress? <laughs> So there's a whole move happening in this country. And that's, I believe, what our synergy tapped in together. You're in Boston and you're at the site of what is known as the signing of the, the Mayflower Compact. And that is part of the theme that we're working on together, meeting through a Mutual Connection, Jerry Pereira. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so welcome. I wanted you to kind of share some of what you're doing up there and what the work with Jerry and, um, and thank you for joining us. No, great. Actually, as, uh, um, as we had been discussing earlier, just the, the, the work that we've been doing with Jerry, Jerry, such a wonderful man. Um, The, the mantle that he carries on his shoulders with the work that he puts in, you know, this, as you said, this man from Sri Lanka, it just, it's very humbling for the rest of the country. Right. And all those that go there with an excitement to see plot one and how he's standing upon plot one with arms wide open to receiving those that want to learn that want to engage in the history um, and pray. I mean, he is a prayer warrior. He is an intercessor. And it's amazing. And so when we had the opportunity to sign the Mayflower Compact in the heels of the 400th anniversary of the signing, um, we were inside the hall of this little Mayflower replica. And it's almost a a scale size. And and we're in the hall and we're looking around and there's all these descendants of of the pilgrims. and, and, And Jonathan and myself as Puerto Ricans there with our camera equipment recording everything that's happening. And we just it was such a humbling moment. Yeah. And I mean, we were there with people from the First Nations. And so there was this coming together of all this multicultural melting pot inside the hull of this boat. And as we're looking around, I look at Jonathan and I'm like, do we deserve to be here? And so we're playing and we're like, Lord, why do you have us here? Yeah. And it was almost like the voice, like of like the still small voice spoke to us and said, you are my scribes. You're recording mm. this moment because the world needs to know and the world needs to hear. And, you know, and God is using the medium of, of film and, and storytelling through, you know, through cinema um, in order to have his story retold, in order to write the ship, right? Um, right. 
So we were just so humbled by the whole experience and having to be been able to be there with Jerry and praying with everyone that was there. There was just so many people from all across the countries, really important people. And we're just like, God, what are you doing? Yeah, it was almost it was almost supernatural in the sense that, you know, through scripture, there are major like milestone, big boom moments in scripture. And I felt like when we were there, there was a major shift, almost biblical shift of what God wants to do with the nation. And we were witnessing the descendants, uh, the natives um, gathering together for the first time, really, and accepting the people and re-signing, even to the point where they asked us to sign the Mayflower Compact. And we're like, what? Yeah. You know, what, what is yeah. this all about? And when I wrote my name on that paper, we began to weep in the recognition of how important the land is to God, how important are a people to God. And mm-hmm. when we were recording this, we knew that there's a reason why God had us. We may not fully get the whole picture, but maybe we're not supposed to. And we're just supposed to be walking step by step in faith. Because one of the things that we are, my brother and I were discussing was there was favor given to the house of Obed-Edom to carry the Ark of the Covenant. And when you think about that, um, you think what a privilege he received as a nobody, you know, as a just a Gentile um, to be able to do such a great work for God and to have his house blessed. We almost felt like that. We were blessed yeah. by being, yes. you know, a, a people, you know, being welcomed in to be a part partakers of God's great. Plan. But it also took such a unique look at a like this multicultural multi-ethnic perspective of how god is reuniting his country you know it's like because it was such an open embrace of pilgrim and first native you know and that mm-hmm. you know it was like mm-hmm. hand. they were t- holding hands as they were signing this compact we were praying together yeah you know yeah. and there was an official welcoming onto the land because at the time you know, when when the pilgrims arrived, there had been a plague that had wiped out the first peoples there. And so there was no one to officially welcome and properly welcome the pilgrims. And then yet here in the Hall of the Mayflower, 400 years later, we all came together and there was that official welcome. And it wasn't just for the pilgrims. It was for the widow and the orphan. And it was for the two Puerto Rican boys. And it was you know, for yeah, everyone that was there because it's like, you know, what God is doing, the covenant shift that God is doing is like, like Jonathan said, it's with, it's like with the people, it's with the people that yes, are it is. heart to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so anyway, that, that, that's, that was kind of like how a lot of this started rolling and a lot of these projects, you know, just started, um, kind of popping up with a lot of people finding a yearning desire to understanding these roots. Yeah. And yes. there have been a lot of requests for more content, more media, more storytelling that sets the record straight. And that is not only a documentarian approach at gathering the facts, but also infusing it with biblical truth. And the yes. marrying of those things there, the marrying of facts, but not just facts, just for the sake of, you know, right from wrong, but infusing that with truth is what people are hungry for. And when we saw ourselves there, knowing that it was the spirit of the Lord that had brought us to witness this moment, we knew that truth was infused in that moment. And so to be able to record that was a privilege beyond any and so we're just, we're humbled to be able to be a part of this continued process to dig and unearth yeah. these, um, these long forgotten and unfortunately um, over time distorted understanding mm-hmm. of not only our past, but, you know, just where we come from as a people and how our, you know, talking about freedom, just where the freedom even that we have today, where that comes, that comes from the, that comes from Sinai, that comes from the, that mountain right there. You know, it's like all of that it's, comes from there. And, and so anyway, we're just excited to be a part of the, uh, of the team that gets to put this into, into film, into cinema. And like, again, like I said, we were with the scribes. Mm-hmm. Um, we're excited to be working with you, Dr. Christie. This is going to be an exciting project. It is going to be an exciting project because honestly, this is something I really believe the Lord is bringing forward. And I have to say it, it started with Sydney Powell when I had her on my show and she started talking about the Mayflower Compact. And, and then I met Jerry and we just clicked. And I was so convicted because here I am a descendant of a signer 
of the Mayflower Compact. And here's a man from Sri Lanka holding covenant for the nation. (laughs) And I was so convicted that, you know, Christians need to wake up and get on their J-O-B and, you know, join in this covenant. And I believe that you being doing that 400 years later, you're actually renewing the covenant for this country. And you are now part of the covenant keepers. And God puts you in in Boston for a reason and for a season, because that is a gateway. And you are now part of the next generation of covenant keepers. And I feel that that's what he was placing on my heart when I saw this whole movie project starting to move forward and and Jerry and I started connecting and I did an interview with Jerry and Blood Covenants and we just started connecting on that level, the biblical level, but yet wanting to tell the story. And then Peter Weed comes along, who is a film producer, and I am not chasing any of these people. They're just coming forward. And that's how you know it's a move from God. It's like God is putting this together as a project. And Jerry, and when he told me to call you, I knew in my spirit, I was supposed to call you. And so I did. And each little piece starts falling in place. And I I really do believe that we're going to be putting forth something that really is going to be important to the restoration. So people understand what's in it for me. What's so great about this country? What's so great about holding covenant? Because everybody's looking for the hand of God, but they need to start looking for the face. Because when they start looking for the face of God, the hand will open. And it's not about seeking the blessing, but seeking the covenant. Because when you start standing in that role of covenant keeper, then the blessings are yours, just like Abraham. Mm-hmm. So that that's kind of um, why I'm just really excited about this. I've never done anything like this before. And all of a sudden, you know, God is moving me into this position with, with people who could be high-level contributors and covenant keepers. And it's just, it really is a work of of his grace. And even meeting you two, Peter had this long, successful heritage of film, you know, being involved in big film projects. And he said, at this point, he's only going to work on things that honor Christ. And you guys did the same from, from Mount Harvest. You had Nike and Adidas and all these other names you were working with. And God called you out of that. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. 2004. So, that was a big, uh, you know, it was almost, um, you know, one of those things where, you know, it has to be God for you to make such a jump, you know, when you have uh, perfect, easy income, everything's working great. And then one second, you're just like, you know what? You're going to work for me work now, for me now, says the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when, uh, when that happens, you know, you begin to question, you know, like, well, you know, the, 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 the thoughts come into your mind. And, but when, when you end up taking that first step, the peace comes, you know, mm-hmm. that, that joy, like, wow, I'm, I'm in full alignment with God's will. And there's no greater thing than that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mean that there and it is scary. And <laughs> yeah yeah exactly it exactly. is scary I, i've been on this faith walk for quite some time with god over 10 years now and i had to walk out of employment to walk it because you couldn't mix the things of the world with things of god and walking away from income to who knows what is really scary but in the end having god in your sales is much more important. It really is. So I'm excited. I feel like I've gotten all these new brothers <laughs> to work with. And I can't wait to come out and meet you and, and start working some vision and content and moving forward on this project. And you're going to have some other projects. Do you want to make a mention real quickly? So before yeah. we end our little time together here. Yeah. We're, we're, we're just, we're currently right now in research and development. We're just, uh, we're in the script writing phases of another docu, um, documentary, docudrama featuring the life of General Benjamin Franklin Butler, who is a Massachusetts general, my alma mater up from uh, Waterville College, which is now Colby College. And 
just kind of um, digging into the history and a little bit of the unknown history of his of his past and a lot of the great things that he accomplished, although a very maligned individual because of his uh, prickly exterior and some of his policies and his bruteness. Um, nevertheless, you know, many that have thoroughly studied his his history and his past can trace some of his direct actions, some of his lawmaking, um, and some of his actual, you know, like what he accomplished to the Emancipation Proclamation, uh, specifically the work that he had, he did in Fort Monroe, Virginia, with the, uh, the the three bond servants that walked into his fort, the three slaves that walked in, and he, you know, was faced with this major conundrum: what do I do, you know? And uh, and essentially, he ended up becoming one of the the first, if not the first, to arm. Uh, a black man officially for the Union mm. Army. And so just some really great history there that a lot of people don't know because of some of the some of the some of his brutish ways and some of the other things that he did later on in, you know, in in, in his career as a military man. But um, but it's a very fascinating history, one that I think is going to help us even as a country, understand the concept of freedom mm-hmm. yes. um, and understanding freedom a little bit better and what it means to be free and what the cost of freedom is and what our responsibilities are as those that are free in this country, because it, it's uh, we carry a responsibility. We we have to pass on freedom. You know, yes, freedom isn't just something that just inherit. It's something that is, you know, that is tangible that you must pass on to the next generation and protect. And so that uh, this documentary will talk a lot about that. And, and I, we hope and believe that it will also be a part of reconciliation and a lot of healing that needs to happen in this country, specifically also between, um, you know, the color divide. So we're excited yes. for it. It's, uh, it's it's in its early stages, but who knows? Maybe this is something that we're also working together on as the project develops. Um, I believe God brings all of us together for a reason. So right. a unique time. reason for a season and a season for a reason, right? <laughs> so I'm looking forward to that. And we'll have you back on as your film progresses. And as we start moving forward with our project, we'll keep everybody updated on what we're doing and uh, maybe get some of these contributors to come in and I look forward. This could be exciting. So for all of you, you can connect with us on soulconnection.com. You can check out Xavier and we'll, we'll put up some of your uh, projects on our website. And uh, thank you so much, Jonathan and Xavier, for both joining us today. And God bless. Look forward to seeing you this summer. Yeah. Look forward to seeing you this summer. God bless. All right. Take care. Thank you again for tuning in to The Soul Connection. We can be found at soulconnectionusa.com with our developing community. Please join us again every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until our next show, find new ways this week and every week to make your own Soul Connections.